Are avalanche inscriptions the next viral hit in crypto? And there are several stories on stablecoins that you need to be aware of. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. So today, rather accidentally, is a kind of stablecoin heavy episode. The UN released a report on crime that heavily implicates crypto, but particularly one stablecoin. That stablecoin immediately challenged the report, while another stablecoin de-pegged. But first, let's look at the ASC20 token standard on Avalanche that's drawing record interest. I have had cause to tell you about Bitcoin ordinals rather a lot over the past few months. The spike in interest impacted transaction fees, saw miners raking in profits not seen since the height of the bull market, and Bitcoin core developers condemning the inscription of data on Satoshis as damaging to the network. Regardless, ordinals drew a lot of eyes and a lot of money, which means inscriptions are now starting to emerge in other ecosystems, one of which is having more success than most. Bitcoin inscriptions use the BRC20 token standard, but the new rising star appears to be ASC20 tokens, which allow inscriptions on the Avalanche blockchain. Zsun yesterday tuned into a Chinese-language Twitter space hosted by the crypto exchange BitGet. The subject of this Twitter space was the Avalanche inscription token Avascriptions, AVAV or AVAV. This space had 585,000 listeners, which might be the most I have ever seen outside of perhaps Elon. Z wrote in the article linked in the description, Ori, Chief Operating Officer of AVAV Project said that the project's roadmap would closely follow a similar footstep as the development of BRC20 assets, pointing out that the total number of inscriptions on the Avalanche blockchain has surpassed 100 million since its inception in June 2023. Gate.io put together an article on ASC20 and their analysts state that on this new protocol, users can mint, deploy, trade and hold customized tokens, as well as create assets that serve many purposes from stablecoins to split ownership of real world assets. I've linked that article in the description below, but everything I say from it is from Sun. I can't access it, I'm blocked in the UK. ASC20 and BRC20 do have their differences, however. ASC20 tokens are created in the JSON inscription format for lower transaction fees, and in the situation where no miners can process the transaction, the funds are automatically returned to the user. For a sense of avalanche inscriptions growth, this quote by the analysts is a good indicator. In the first month since the launch of the inscription token on Avalanche, trading activity and volume have grown rapidly, surging 2,000% in less than a week, which fully demonstrates the market's enthusiastic response to the ASC20 token. Whether inscriptions on Avalanche have the legs to become a force in the space really depends on how much value they add to the system, by which I don't merely mean the trading volume. The question is, what does ASC20 bring to the table that otherwise wasn't possible for Avalanche? This isn't a criticism, we're still learning the utility of ASC20. Nevertheless, if you want to be on the cutting edge of projects being created and being involved in something as it unfolds, you might want to have a look at Averscriptions and ASC20. Stablecoins are one of the most interesting narratives in crypto in many ways. Last year, several times I covered stablecoins in countries such as Argentina, where inflation has ravaged the citizens and where the Ripio CEO, Sebastian Serrano, told Cointelegraph that stablecoins have become indispensable for many companies and individuals. You may also recall that in my story about Javier Millet, Argentina's president, who is highly crypto-friendly, that many of the nationals apparently receive their paychecks and immediately trade it for stablecoins to combat this inflation. Although Argentina 
Argentina is an extreme case, the adoption of stablecoins is widespread, and a report by the USDC issuer, Circle, titled State of the USDC Economy, suggests it's trending quickly in the right direction. In the first 11 months of 2023, the circulating supply of USDC fell from $45 billion to $25 billion, approximately 44%. Circle chalked this up to, and I quote, rising interest rates, regulatory crackdowns, bankruptcy, and outright fraud, which it is suggested rattled many holders who exited the crypto space completely. That is one hell of a contraction, and yet another stat tells a different, almost opposite story. The number of wallets with over $10 worth of USDC in them grew to over 2.7 million, which is a 59% increase over 2022. For me, stablecoins have fabulous utility for cross-border payments without the heavy fees, slow processing times, or volatility of other crypto tokens. So the 59% growth indicates to me that more people are engaging with the value of stablecoins like USDC. What do you make of this growth? Tweet us on at Cointelegraph or at RKBags. A recent report by the United Nations on crime has flagged crypto. Derek Anderson went through the document and wrote a piece yesterday, so I wanted him to introduce the story. The report's title is Casinos, Money Laundering, Underground Banking, and Transnational Organized Crime in East and Southeast Asia, a Hidden and Accelerating Threat. It isn't about crypto, but crypto is mentioned over 100 times in 90 pages. There are gangsters, armed insurgents, exploited workers, smugglers, and junket operators. Junkets are gambling tours for the very rich, but these operators serve illicit financial functions as well. The report names names and places, and for true, sadly, you could call it cyberpunk. We've talked about scams using crypto in parts of Asia before. You might remember pig butchering romance scams, where people are baited into a connection with a stranger, offered investment opportunities that yield profits, and then when they can secure a big enough amount from the victim, they vanish. Well, as Derek says, the report also highlights illegal gambling and other scams, which are all becoming more sophisticated due to advances in technology. The report states, recent advances in large language model-based chatbots, deepfake technology, and automation have given rise to more sophisticated and damaging cyber fraud schemes, posing a major threat to individuals and the formal banking industry. Now, the report does pick one crypto out of the crowd as being the most popular by bad actors because of its stability, ease of use, anonymity, and low fees. And that coin is Tether. If it weren't for the bad actors part, that would be a great advert for Tether. Stablecoins weren't alone in receiving heat from the UN. Exchanges were said to create massive gaps in crime attribution on the blockchain, fabricated reporting by crypto exchanges and the prevalence of wash trading which inflates crypto transaction volumes thereby shrinking the portion of illicit transactions identified. It didn't take long however for Tether to officially challenge this report and I'll link the blog post in the description too. Tether called the UN out for ignoring the traceability of USDT, the firm's proven track record with law enforcement worldwide and Tether's active freezing of USDT involved in illicit activities. In fact last November the aforementioned pig butchering romance scams were investigated by the DOJ, and as a result, Tether froze $225 million in illicit funds connected to the syndicate. So I don't think it's unreasonable for Tether to be irked by this report. Tether wrote, The UN's assessment singles out USDT, highlighting its involvement in illicit activity, while ignoring its role in helping developing economies in emerging markets, completely neglected by the global financial world simply because servicing such communities would be unprofitable for them. For me, what so often 
frustrating about these reports and comments isn't the veracity of the statements, but the lack of context. Yes, crypto has been and will be involved in crime, but nowhere near to the degree of fiat currencies, for example, whether by volume or percentage. And note that while people call for the death of crypto, they rarely call for the death of AI, which is as prevalent, if not more so than crypto in modern scamming, and it's growing rapidly. To be clear, people shouldn't call for the death of either. Blockchain and AI are high utility technologies, and like every world-changing technology ever created, they can be and will be misused. The industry must just work on countering it. I suspect more scams have happened as a result of the internet in its 30-odd years of mass use than hundreds of years before it combined. I'm sure in the mid-90s, many vilified the internet, but like a car is a better getaway vehicle than a bicycle, the technologies aren't the reason for the crime, even if, temporarily, they make new versions of old crimes easier. Finally, we have a story that evokes a PTSD-style response in Cryptopians. A stablecoin has de-pegged. Fortunately, it's not USDT or USDC who are dominant in the stablecoin space, though it is the fifth biggest stablecoin by market cap, according to CoinMarketCap. TrueUSD, with the ticker TUSD, is a stablecoin linked to Justin Sun, and at 11am UTC yesterday, the 15th of January, it fell significantly below its peg, and at the time of recording this, 7am Eastern, it's still only $0.986. That doesn't sound like a big difference, just over 1%, but for a stablecoin, that is dangerous instability. So, what caused it? It seems to have been a massive sell-off of TUSD to Tether on Binance. As Tom Mitchell Hill wrote in his article just 13 hours ago, as of publication, traders have sold more than $339.2 million worth of TUSD in the last 24 hours on Binance, compared to $296.8 million worth of buy orders, marking a total net outflow of $42.3 million. So we need to go one layer deeper. What caused the sudden outflows? Tom found a report from the 10th of January that stated that as of the 9th of January, real timer tests of TUSD stopped working, suggesting that the stablecoin may have been under-collateralized. That is, TUSD's reserves might not be sufficient. An ex-user, Roe Ryder, flagged that on the exchange Poloniex, TUSD had been as low as $0.92 for several weeks, despite more or less maintaining its peg on Binance. So this user wondered why people aren't capitalizing on the arbitrage trades of nearly 10% and concluded it must be that people cannot withdraw TUSD from Poloniex. The Poloniex Telegram group appears to confirm that as users sent messages that they remain unable to withdraw TUSD from the exchange. Worrying stuff for true USD. Well, I didn't expect to be doing a stablecoin episode, but I go where the stories are that you need to know about. If there are any important developments, I will keep you updated. But that's it for today, so consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. And to all of you that have already done that, we love you for it. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow. 